Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look there eventually, but I want to start off uh, a little differently this morning in a different passage of Scripture. Um, This is a time of the year in which uh, it seems like uh, we've been edging towards for some time. Uh, I think uh, when you head towards the stores and anything right about uh october they they kind of mix uh halloween thanksgiving and christmas all together in the stores and it seems like kind of a weird mix of things but it seems like we get moving further and further into the year of of trying to get to christmas uh and uh it's one of those things where it's I think part of it is is because people enjoy the decorations, enjoy the festive uh, atmosphere, enjoy all the things. There's nobody in the world, though, that enjoys Christmas as much as uh, the people of Japan. Uh, uh, I like looking at uh, YouTube and looking at people that live in different places. And one of those things is... uh, uh, a website about uh, some people that live in Japan that share how their life in Japan is different from our life here in the United States or for that matter for anybody else around the world that might be watching it and uh, they highlight the fact that the people of Japan go hog wild for, for Christmas and uh, one of the things that they do uh, that is uh, so uh, distinctly Japanese is, is that they they call Christmas the ho ho holiday because really they don't understand what Christmas is all about. They just enjoy all the lights, all the all the decorations, all the and even the consumerism. They love buying things and giving things to people and and it seems as though. Uh, People in the United States tend to uh, kind of be moving in that direction as well. We tend to really enjoy the fact that Christmas is all about, and and for a lot of people, Christmas is centered around uh, the decorations on their house. It's centered around uh, the food that they consume during this time of the year. It's centered around uh, buying gifts and giving gifts. But for a lot of people, they have failed to to understand and know the significance of why we celebrate Christmas. And a few years back, there was a push by some to uh, change the way people talk to people even during this time. Uh, 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 It seemed like it was almost a crime to go and uh, say Merry Christmas to somebody, which used to be the the way in which everybody greeted uh, everyone else or or said farewell to someone during this time of the year, they kind of changed it to happy holidays and uh, or seasons.
season's greetings. They, they wanted to, to try and be more inclusive in their talk about, how, about this time of the year because they understand that Christmas is a distinctly Christian uh, uh, celebration, a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and of course, that's what we're all about here in our church and, and about uh, in our relationship to Christ. We want to celebrate and worship the, the things that God does for us. And the greatest gift of all is the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of, uh, of sending uh, the Son of God to come and to be, to walk amongst us, to, uh, as, as the Bible puts it, to, to tent amongst us. And, and that's a, a really, that's the meaning of the, the significance of the words there. And, and it's taken directly from uh, the part of the Bible in, that's found in Exodus and I've shared this with you before that uh, during the Exodus that God uh, came and, and told Moses he wanted a, a meeting house for the people of, of God to come and to meet with God and to, for God to dwell amongst them. And uh, that's where they, they put the tabernacle in the midst. Uh, whenever they would go somewhere, they would put, uh, God would stop and, and they would put the tabernacle where God stopped. And then all of the Israelites would... Uh, began to camp around the meeting place, the tent where God dwelt. And the people of God would encircle this t- uh, meeting uh, place, this camp meeting, uh, this tent meeting. And, and the Bible tells us that God tented amongst His people. They're talking about that tabernacle, that tent uh, that was established where God's Holy of Holies was. Uh, well, when the uh, the... The foreshadowing of Jesus Christ coming and the uh, the announcing of Jesus coming and dwelling um, dwelling amongst the people of God in the New Testament uses the same language of God tenting amongst us and uh, when it talks about uh, the Spirit of God indwell and human flesh and coming and living amongst us it's the same wording and so we celebrate that here uh, because we know the meaning of Christmas we understand and know the significance but even as Christians we can sometimes kind of get overwhelmed by all the things that are going on part of the tradition of the of the Christian faith is to have a period of time in which we anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ uh, for many traditions they use the advent they have an advent wreath with candles in it and they light a candle each uh, Sunday and sometimes uh, uh, the pastor will speak about the different aspects of the coming advent this Sunday marks the beginning of advent in the Christian faith uh, it happens so many Sundays before Christmas and and uh, today is the first Sunday of advent the ad uh, the the, the uh, advent uh, that looks at the hope that's found in Christ. And I want to focus on that today and look towards that. Um, But in order for us to understand and know the hope, the hope that was so important to the people of Israel, we have to basically turn back to the Old Testament. And in Isaiah chapter uh, 9, we read the... Now, Isaiah was a prophet of God, and and God uh, showed him many signs of things that would come. And Isaiah, Isaiah lived during a time in which... 
the people of God had were dwelling in the land of Israel and they had uh, established the kingdom of God uh, there as God had desired for it to be, but they allowed the the influences of other nations to become uh, overwhelming to them. And they allowed the influences of worshiping of other of other gods and idols to infiltrate into the people of Israel. And they began to worship and they uh, battled this whole issue of, of worshiping Baal and, and using Asherah poles and, and, and worshiping Asherah and other gods that the surrounding nations worship. God had warned the people of Israel that if they did this, that God would abandon them, that God would turn them over to their lusts after uh, foreign gods and allow them to be, uh, He would take His protection off of them. And and sure enough, the the, uh, nation of Israel was uh, overrun by Babylon and Assyria and and, uh, the people of God were scattered abroad and they, they were taken into exile and they lived for uh, many years in exile because of the fact that they had uh, turned their hearts away from God. Isaiah is writing in the midst of that time of exile as he is writing to the people of Israel that are scattered abroad to give them a sense of hope, to, to help them to understand that God would not uh, abandon them forever, that God was still with them. And I think that's important for us to understand even in this day and age where we fit, we have the understanding of, of 2020 hindsight, of being able to see uh, in, into history and to see back in, during that time. We know that God continued to be with Israel and that God uh, delivered Israel and allowed them to come back to the promised land. And that it was at that time that God uh, fulfilled His promise to send one who would come and deliver the people of Israel. We see this uh, prediction, this uh, prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. It says, uh, in verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, uh, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first uh, he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the, uh, the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. Thy joy before the according to the word uh, according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for thou hast broken the yoke of the burden, and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garnishments rolled in blood, uh, garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with uh, burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and the peace um, and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom, 
His kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth ever, even uh, forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So what we see is a, a bleak, uh, situation in the beginning of chapter 9. It's a continuation of the continued uh, 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 telling of the situation. The people of Israel know and understand the, the difficulty that they're in. They know they've been in exile because of the fact that they've been uh, spread afar because of all the things that they've done against God. But in the midst of all of that despair and in the midst of all of that doom and gloom that that Isaiah speaks of, he speaks of one who is coming. And it's this famous passage of Scripture found in verse 6 about that we read oftentimes at this time of the year. uh, For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. So we see that, that... in the midst of all of the, the despair, God holds out a glimmer of hope. And Isaiah foretells of this time in which the hope of God is coming. He's not going to come initially, uh, Isaiah says, as one who is a mighty king. He, he has, he's going to have humble beginnings as the son of, of uh, as just a child, as one who has been born, but he's born with great anticipation. And that's what hope is. Hope is, is an anticipation of that time where all of the despair of, the, of your situation is lifted, where the turmoil of life is, is alleviated and, and people understand the, the great uh, relief that is approaching. And Isaiah foretells uh, through the Spirit of God of that day and time in which the deliverance of God is coming. And, and it's from this passage of Scripture and others in which the people of Israel believe that this one who's coming, the, the anointed one, also known as Messiah, now that's what that word Messiah means, the anointed one, the one who is set apart by God uh, to deliver His people would come. And of course, this is the time of the year in which we look at the birth of Jesus Christ. And Luke chapter 2 tells of that time in which Christ is, uh, when that is fulfilled. But there is within all of us uh, that great hope. It says in uh, Luke chapter 2, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there were, uh, uh, there were, went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And the taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, great being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so we see that, that 
God fulfills His promise that this child that was so anticipated, this child that was so uh, that was to be the embodiment of hope, the hope of God, came as God uh, declared. God declared that it would be of the child of the lineage of David, and that uh, this root would rise up and and bring deliverance. And here we see that that uh, Joseph and Mary uh, go to the city of David, Bethlehem, uh, from Judea, from um, into Judea from Nazareth because uh, that is where Joseph was from. He went there to be uh, because of the taxation of uh, Caesar, but primarily it was because God had predicted, that, that God had prophesied that this child would be uh, a child of the lineage of David. And he's kind of underscoring the fact that, that Jesus Christ is, is falling into that uh, that. Uh, that is the the, uh, the prophecy that was given of Jesus. And so we have to ask ourselves what what is it that that causes uh, people to lose hope? We lose hope because of the separation that we have from uh, the joy that is in our life. For all of us, we understand that hopelessness is as a result of the fact that we have. Uh, a distance between us and and God. We understand that it's sin that causes hopelessness in the lives of people because of the fact that we, uh, when we sin, we create a separation between us and God. Uh, and that is the beginning of hopelessness when we don't have the presence of God in our life, when we don't allow uh, the closeness of God to be with us. Even as Christians, we can find ourselves in the midst of hopelessness because of the fact that we uh, allow sin to come into our life and we allow that sin to to create a, a separation between us and God. Even when we are a child of God, we can experience that distance of God because of the fact that we are not as close to God as we should be. Israel experienced that. Uh, they were not in a Christian relationship with God, but they still had a relationship with God as God's called people. But they were separated because of that uh, that sin that was within them. And they, uh, they were suffering the circumstances of that sin because of that uh, separation from God, that uh, God taking His hand off of them. They were being punished, a chastisement. And we understand as parents that, that you, don't do, you don't punish a child child uh, simply because they do wrong because you get, gain delight in the fact that they uh, that you're punishing them on contrary we we feel as though uh, many times it's uh, painful to us to, to give punishment to our children why because we love our children so much <laughs> but the reason that we punish our children is so that they will stay away from those behaviors. That will they'll stay away from doing those things that that causes uh, harm to them and and that can has the potential of great danger. And God was the same way in which He punished Israel not to uh, to take delight in the punishment, but to call them back to a right relationship. But hope comes in the form of knowing that 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 deliverance is coming, that God's presence is still there, that God's deliverance of uh, from 
the punishment is coming. So we see that God delivers this hope to Israel through the the words of the prophet Isaiah that one is coming. Now the Israelites believed that this one who was coming was going to be a mighty general, a mighty man, a great king, someone that would come and deliver them from their earthly foes. But God's desire was to bring them closer to Him. And that deliverance was in in a much different... uh, uh, in a much different form than what they expected. So we see that that hope is not always what we expect. Hope is is uh, the 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 glimmer of hope is that we would have those things that are oppressing us alleviated. God brought about that deliverance of hope in the form of a child that was born in meager circumstances in a a small uh, manger, a place not really suited for a a newborn child, but, but out of necessity because of the great throng of people. He was not born in a, a great uh, palace. He was not born into royalty where things would be given to him but rather he was born into a meager circumstance, a meager situation in which uh, his uh, potential was hidden from the world. Many times we feel as though God doesn't hear us when we call out to Him because we don't see immediately what God is doing. In Jesus Christ, we, we, the world didn't understand the significance of His birth quite like we do today. We sit here and we say, how could they miss it? You had the angels that declared His birth. You had the wise men coming with great gifts. You had the the shepherds come and and worship at the uh, manger. We have all of these things that point today to the significance of His birth. But at the time, people didn't see the potential that was in Jesus Christ. The, the world didn't understand the way in which God was bringing deliverance. And so often today we still fail to understand the hope that God delivers. We're to expect to receive hope from someone who doesn't come and destroy. You know, we watch a lot of the movies that we gain a lot of of joy from the entertainment that we have is the escapism of watching someone come and deliver uh, people and years gone by that was seen on tv and in the movies of the cowboy coming in with the white hat or maybe uh, movies in which the cavalry uh, came blaring in at the last moment as, as it seemed like impending doom was coming or the, uh, uh, the hero that came and materialized as the train bared down on the, uh, the defenseless woman that was tied up by the evil banker and put on the tre- uh, trestle uh, for the train to, to, to take her. We, we think of heroes to come and today we still uh, uh, get a lot of entertainment from the hero that comes. The hero, uh, whether he wears a cape 
and comes with great power and ability to come and deliver us or the hero that is the not so uh, obvious hero uh, who comes and, and quietly brings about justice. But every hero that we enjoy watching comes in and he just lays waste to the evil and lays waste to the injustice. The one who comes in and and uh, in the midst of all the 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 evil and in the midst of all the danger and all of the the harm that is coming rises up and begins to defend those who are weak, defenseless. Jesus is the ultimate hero, though. He comes in and instead of rising up and beating down the enemy, He does something completely different, doesn't He? He comes in, walks in our shoes, understands the difficulty and the struggle that we face. And instead of rising up and defeating the enemy like we expect... He rises up and takes our punishment for us. He doesn't overcome the enemy to keep the enemy from beating down, but rather He stands up and takes our beating for us. He doesn't endure and then overcome the evil like most heroes do in movies today. But instead... He allows Himself to be beaten to the point of death because He's there to take our place. He is the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, not because He is able to rise up and have a rippling chest and arms as big as as, uh, a thighs on most other people. Doesn't have shoulders as broad as an axe handle, but instead He rises up and He takes our punishment for us. And after enduring that punishment, then comes the victory where He defeats the power of death and the grave and hell. He gives us true victory. Not one that's just there while He's present. Not one that's there just for a fleeting moment or that can be overturned by evil if it should rear itself again. But eternal victory because of what He does taking our place. And it all begins here in these humble circumstances. The hope that springs eternal in Jesus Christ. The hope that comes as a result of Him coming and dwelling amongst us. That's the great hope that Jesus offers today. He offers this hope to you in the midst of our hopelessness of looking for joy and tinsel and bright lights and enjoyment of things, God gives us a hope that cannot be found in materialism, cannot be found in consumerism, can't be found in decorations. 
but hope that's found in His eternal love, His love that sent Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary in our place to be our substitute, to be our propitiation, the only, the only payment that we needed for our sins and to have victory in the end. Let's pray.